Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 335 of the Siren Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my overacted co-hosts, Peter and Jake. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Kurt. It's another episode of the cast. I'm going to just always do something with my hands, though. Vogue. Guys, it's another episode of the cast. Oh, dear. You know what I'm just not realizing? Oh. This is con- this movie was kind of just like live-action anime. Y- no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know that I agree. Yeah, it's just live-action anime. Please elaborate. Please elaborate on this, the sleep clause episode of uh, edition of the cast <laughs> because we're only using it once well, okay you see if you take the the monsters which is the movie that we watched uh correct coming from sweet sunny transylvania europe see if it's so what if it what if you did like a k-pop version of the monsters and it came from stansylvania See, I mean, you would probably you'd have whatever K-pop version of the monsters a, looks all right, like. I'm looking up. I'm officially looking up K-pop Frankenstein. What if you did a gender bend version of the monsters, and they're all the opposite genders? Um, and it's for, they're from Trans Transylvania. That'd See, be now, Rocky that Horror be Picture Show. If with, yeah, if Rocky yeah. Horror Picture didn't already just a the transsexual. Transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Transylvania. That's the one. There we go. <laughs> trans, trans, trans. Uh, don't get it confused with the the Broadway musical Trans, Trans, Trains, which is a, a play on the Thomas Tank Engine show from long ago. Who the fuck's the Diesel? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, I, I'm serious. I think Monsters would uh, would work really well. If you just animated everything and kept everything else the same, the dialogue, the uh, the actions, because they're always like anime has to rely so much on facial and like um, body language movements in t- to mm-hmm. portray uh, different emotions or reactions to bits. And the amount of times um, the Mrs. Monster character Vampira, is that what her name is? Lily. Oh, Lily. <laughs> Lily Vampira. That was a song, Vampira. Was she named Vampira at some time? I remember. No. I Pretty no. sure it was always Lily. Oh. Uh, I never him. watched The Monsters as a kid. So well, that's showing. My... <laughs> How? <laughs> it's from the 60s. There was a station called TV Land. It was uh, Channel 21 on the dial here in uh, yeah. the capital region of New York, my... um, and it showed classic television shows. Yeah, for my parents. Yeah. And on Time Warner Cable's basic, basic cable package, that was the one cable channel that came in clear. I had codenamed Kids <laughs> so, Next Door to Watch. Still came in over the, <laughs> still came in over the, uh, the rabbit ears there, yeah. I had G um, Gundam to watch on Toonami. I can't, couldn't be bothered. I was too busy watching Rachel Ray and Maury, okay? 
You don't know what my taste is. I don't even know what my taste is. I'm unlocking the part of my brain. You're right, Jake. I have no idea what your taste is. You know are. what I used to watch? That's why I'm so constantly surprised by shit. Like, I thought I knew a guy, and then this motherfucker busts out his Gundam model collection that he had not mentioned a single word about, even, you know, having seen Gundam before. Yeah, the Gundam, the Gundam arc of my of my life is really interesting because it is, it is one where I have and, and both building my knowledge of by watching some of the anime um, and basing all of my knowledge on Gundam off of what is like a claim to be one of the worst Gundam shows in the fandom G Gundam on Toonami. <laughs> and that's what made me the fall best in love. place to start. So what you're saying is we need a fr- we need a monsters mecha show. <laughs> yes. I mean, hey, Turbo was someone's first season of Power Rangers. Okay, sometimes even if it's not so great, we all start somewhere. Sometimes the Pink Rangers your favorite, and your mom asks questions because. Wouldn't that make you like just super hetero though? Yeah, right. <laughs> Isn't that the dumbest thing? Like, like little kids, little boys playing with Barbies. What if they're playing with them because they're like. Kind of weirdly turned like, on Barbie's by them. Barbie's like don't... pretty or some shit. Yeah. Wow. Oh, pretty girls. I've been uh, ingrained to like this gender uh, since I was old enough to comprehend words. And oh no, he's I he's mean, showing interest in I girls. Think Barbie was originally supposed to be like a guy's toy, and then and then we surprised that we surprised it just moved over. And then the military industrial I... complex propped up the big GI Joe. Big Joe. <laughs> I think and they took think out the Barbie... GI and turned into a giant beanbag. I gotta think Barbie uh, predates GI Joe by a smidge. Well, we got Google. Let's... Yeah, I'll go look up Mattel's history GI here. <laughs> Which came first, GI Joe or? Barbie I. 1964 G.I. Joe. Joe. Really? They're that old. Line of military themed dolls and action figures created in 1964 by Hasbro. Yeah. Oh, by Hasbro. Yeah, I remember seeing um, like really old, old, old boxes of G.I. Joe stuff. And that's how they got kids to um, be like, oh, I want to be a soldier when I grow up. Because before then it was yeah. cowboys. That was definitely what did and it. And the cowboy meta was phasing out of America. <laughs> it was no longer the powerhouse once, you know, vehicles were invented. Well, then it came roaring back and the nineties westerns were everywhere. Uh the, uh, the revision era, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so m- monsters. Oh shit, that's straight, what we're talking straight, about. Monsters out being of... an anime. That's what we're on. <laughs> They're just one Japanese dub away Wee's from... Wee's <laughs> a strong word. <laughs> All right. I, I feel like you may have been on that, but Peter and I maybe not so convinced. The Munsters Let's... anime. Let's see if there was... Well, there it is, kids. I It's not, it's not really Munsters, but it is certainly Halloween-themed anime stuff. Um... <laughs> And we're not going to be showing you the the trailer for this <laughs> on our on our segment tray watch, 
where we look at the trailers that were released every week. Yeah. Or at least the ones that we care about. Yeah. Um, some weeks we, we just, we pre-assume, and I think this might be one of those weeks, because uh, not a whole a lot of substance th- out there. There, yep. There's a couple big ones. I think we'll spend some time talking about at least one of these. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we'll just get into some of the other shit that people aren't likely to care about. Starting off with our good, uh, old, reliable source of, of lols, uh, Netflix, with their new movie, The Wonder, which is not another entry into The Wonder Cinematic Universe, which shockingly has two movies in it um it's it's florence Pugh just kind of going into a town and fucking shit up for no good reason medically though (laughs) medically fucking shit up uh i think she's a nurse well she tries to like kidnap the girl doesn't she or some shit like that yeah there's so there's a girl who who hasn't been eating for four months i guess uh the wonder is actually what's in the wonder ball, and that's what she's been eating this whole time in secret. Um, she ate the sticker in the wonder ball. Oh no! And thus she gained immortality. <laughs> that's why they tell. That's why the government says like you can't have these in America <laughs> because they don't want the kids eating them and gaining the powers of of a super being. Is that is that why Germany just stopped aging a few years ago? <laughs> Yeah, because it was that, kin, that was the Kinder egg. Like that—that that was the last. It was the egg that made you a child yeah. again. Yeah, oh, that I mean, makes, it was right there in the name the entire time. That makes sense. I must have missed that disclaimer on the egg. Maybe it doesn't translate well from German. Hmm. Um, that was. But yeah, Florence Pugh just being in everything nowadays. Um, people mm-hmm. started in realizing. Her talent, maybe post Black Widow, uh, maybe that's the, maybe that's the, um, or she was arguably the best thing that came out of Black Widow. Um, but oh well, Midsummer. Who could forget that? Who could forget that scene? Uh, that totally wasn't filmed in front of a green screen where she reacted to the that flip. explosion. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't her though. That oh was, no, that was the shitty direction and and color grading that the movie had. Um, was, oh yeah, the color grading is what really really brought that particular scene down. Well, the uh, the shadows and the lighting was apparently what made it also look as bad as it did because I didn't uh, try to. Well, yeah, they didn't do a good in. job of compositing. Uh, it into the scene. I wouldn't necessarily refer to that as color grading. Whatever the fuck it is, I don't, I'm not a fucking film. I just talk about shit on a webcam with my buds, and we post it online. Do you think I went to school for any of this shit? No, but people are. Gonna, I didn't go to school for this shit either. People are gonna take what we say as fucking. We went to truth. school for the same thing. And if we... I say this is color grading, it's the goddamn color grading. The color grading in Black Widow was abysmal. At the same school. <laughs> I don't know what you did for the first two years, though. I was I was across the pond. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd be really good, actually, if, if that street were called Pond Street. That would be. In fact, called uh, Main Street. Across the old main. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, um, she started like kind of really kind of popping up in uh midsummer 
Uh, that was like, yeah, that was her first movie. And to be frank, until this trailer, um, I wouldn't have said that she's an actress of particularly great range. She tends to play the same kind of character a lot. Um, have you seen Well... What what character is well, that? Well, no, like Midsummer and, and Don't Worry, Darling are kind of like the same oh. sort of character archetype. A um, girl in girl in cult. Yeah, and uh, Black Widow was a bit of a departure, but I wouldn't necessarily call her great in that. And we'll see how this movie is. <laughs> I thought she was pretty nice. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look at what other movies she's been in the past, but. Um, it just seems like this is her her forte uh, coming in, onto the scene now. She's also slated to be in Dune 2. Dune Part 2. I guess it would be Dune 2. Uh, Dune D2. Part 2. Um, and that's kind of like the big... A new Dune. Solid roles that she's been in. Well, there's like a million fucking books after Dune in that sci-fi universe. Yeah, I know, that's why I didn't want to call it Dune 2. But Dune uh, Redungeons. I'm wanting to get the old call it something different um for their next probably movie. dune part two would be my well dune part two is definitely what they're calling the next movie but the um mm-hmm. if they decide to do sequels to dune um i don't know if they'll do like god emperor or something like that or well hollywood's normally i would have said that that probably wouldn't happen but hollywood is so creatively bankrupt yeah. at this point in time that i can't they, say yeah. that they wouldn't <laughs> Someone put out a visually creative hit, and they said, oh, "I live again." Speaking I'm alive, of uh, I'm visually creative things, um, Fat Man Two gets its uh, new groove with Violent Night, starring David Harbor as the Bad Santa Man. So I originally, like I saw, I didn't see this on uh, movie clips trailers. I refuse to call it the other thing. Um, first, I saw it in an article off of, I want to say IGN or something. It was on the Opera right. GX IGN Game does, Corner. Yeah, they do yeah. trailers, like sometimes. And um, the way they had phrased it, like a movie about a killer Santa Claus, I'm like, I mean, fucking, didn't Bill Goldberg do that movie in 2004? <laughs> um, but... Instead, they are, in fact, ripping off a far more recent movie in Fat Man, a movie that came out, oh, uh, two years ago? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the genre of Santa, but bad, is is a pretty deep well. I mean, we have bad Santa. Yeah, I think we, we hashed out either when we looked at the trailer for Fat Man or when we reviewed Fat Man, how many, like, movies about what if Santa were not so nice um, there were. And it's it's a surprisingly deep list. Yeah. And now we have one more. One more in Santa's sleigh. With, um, what's his name? Or Violent Night. Our, our good friend, Tide Ad. David Harbour. Yeah, David Harbour. Um, He's been so great in every movie. He definitely didn't star in a really bad movie. That, yeah, yeah that speaking I, of characters who were in Black Widow. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, it's it's the Black Widow revenge tour, I guess. <laughs> His character was enjoyable to watch. It's just I don't think we. Can I was I was actually getting towards Hellboy. Um, I did not watch that. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. So is David was... Harbor just like he just sees any role where he gets to wear all red? He's like, yes, I'm taking it. Yeah, I also think he's a little bit typecast <laughs> too, because I think they just saw Stranger Things, and they were like, let's try to do that, but in a different plot. I think every person from Stranger Things is repeatedly typecast. Yeah. Like, Finn Wolfhard is in the same fucking role in every fucking movie he ever does. Um, Winona Ryder does a lot of the same sort of kind of roles. What? Um, uh, Sadie Sink? Isn't she doing something actually kind of neat? I don't... Th- I, I've listed off to you... <laughs> All the people uh, I know on Stranger Things. <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown, and she's much oh, yeah. like these these very popular franchises. One one actor gets or actress gets escape velocity and does things uh, unrelated to their previous role. And she's well, like doing which, other movies. Like, I mean, she's she was in, in like Godzilla. Yeah, yep. yeah. Millie was in was in Godzilla. The 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 child star played Max. Uh, Sadie Sink is going to be opposite. Um, Brendan Fraser and the Whale. Um, so we'll see how they do in that. Apparently, that's all right. That's 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 redemption. Apparently, right there. that's the movie's very good. So I'm hoping her role is is done very well. Um, Gaten uh, Matarazzo. Uh, Gaten. I know he does like commercials and shit. Well, he just came out with a movie Honor Society that people were saying was actually pretty decent. Um, so not bad. Um, really... I don't know why, but the way we talked about you talking about him in that movie made me realize like it's weird when you say like an actor comes out with a movie like they were the one that did it. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe he 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 got into directing. Maybe yeah. he helped he, produce it. He produced the he executive there's, produced the whole there's thing. There's swimming in cash. Um, just like. They're swimming in cash after they sold the the same movie for the eighth time this year. Uh, run, sweetheart, run! It's like six other movies that have come out this year. Hey guys, guys, he's a vampire. Did you did you get it? He's a vampire. Wow. I mean, it fucking barbarian. Um, the invitation. Uh, men. The watcher. Kind of the watcher. Uh, yeah, that's that's five movies we named off the top of our heads that have this exact same plot. <laughs> Is Blumhouse just? Although none of them have the the uh, the secret the secret uh, kung fu warrior. Uh, training sequence. That is that is a bit of a, a twist in this movie's favor, but I don't feel like it's gonna quite reach. Uh, Willy's Wonderland levels of uh, like out of nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere, fucking Violet. turn the horror trope on its head, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Is Blumhouse just trying to make like the craziest cinematic universe ever? If they if they pulled it off, I I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know that these are all Blumhouse. They all feel like Blumhouse movies. Well, this one does say Blumhouse. Okay, I don't know about the other five though. <laughs> They're just trying to make a cinematic universe that involves houses because they're Blumhouse. And this one has a house on it. That's right. 
And I'm pretty sure Barbarian had a house in it. Is that a Blumhouse one? I don't think so. Or is the other, is the, it's twin uh, Blumhouse. Is that, that would have a house. I don't know what... I don't know. I feel I know the fact that we know that this is Blumhouse and we're not sure the others probably tells me that they aren't. But this also reminds me, Blumhouse, uh, call us. I have our next new movie in your in your house anthology. We're doing a horror adaptation of the Big Comfy Couch. Mm, yeah. Yeah, Blumhouse. The couch eats people. Okay. Yeah, Blumhouse said yeah. Halloween. Blumhouse said Black. The Black Phone. That was in a house, right? That was in the basement. I think they're yeah, trying to make the house cinematic universe. The betrayal at the house on the yeah. hill. Yeah. Oh, that, that's nuts. That would that would actually be pretty sick if they adapted that. I Isn't don't know. Isn't that how. just cabin in the woods though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but no. <laughs> I say no because I want I still want it. Guys, every time well, we Well, do you want Blumhouse to be the ones to make it? <laughs> yes. I want them to roll giant dice and walk. Every, Do that. every time we open they, up a door and they get the doll prompt <laughs> something happens every time we enter a new room something happens and it's it's all random it's crazy we gotta avoid the haunt <laughs> we're just gonna do the um we have like 20 minutes Dungeons of and dragons arc from Yu-Gi-Oh! season zero we have we have a a black guy in the cast and uh, when he gets his character pentagram and sees his speed is very low, he complains about that for 10 minutes. Exactly. Um, what are the so other Blum, ones that that's, we care about? That's the Blumhouse. Um, Slumberland features Jason, my man, Momoa, in a trailer that I give one my man out of a possible five my man Momoas. <laughs> yeah, he's got, like, we've got... We've got the child. We've got the uh, the pretentious kid, or the precocious kid. We've got Jason Momoa in the floppy shoes. Um, we have the the big CGI cutscenes or set pieces, which are where the entire budget for the film is going to go. Um, so this is going to be a movie with really with two very good scenes and a lot of filler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Causeway. Jennifer Lawrence has a new movie. That's all I have to say about that. I, yeah, it's I did an not. Apple TV movie. Did not know what what this was about. Really, she's she's anxious. She's anxious, and she's in a city, and she has a friend. And from the director of Pitch Perfect comes this action rom com, Shotgun Wedding, starring Jennifer Lopez. I will and- say. The trailer was, at least the full trailer, was put together in the way where I forgot that they were like that. that uh, Jennifer Coolidge had a gun in in the thumbnail. Yeah, right. I was like, oh, okay, so this is just like a a, a you know a rom com wedding kind of deal because like you know featuring Jennifer Coolidge, an actor that I don't see too much of, and then yeah, the the terrorists attack. Yeah, their their wedding gets attacked by pirates, and they have to bumble their way uh, to saving the day. I assume, guys. You know, filmmakers, just just give it up. I've already seen Sonic the Hedgehog too. We already went through this. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think they saw what was it, Lost City, 
had success and they're like, oh, we can play around with the rom-com genre. People enjoyed that. In that particular instance, yeah, enough people enjoyed it for it made a lot of money. Um, but I I don't... That had an actually really good cast. This has Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> That's a great cast. Did you not see the first 15 well, seconds? What was the last one she was in? In Marry Me, right? Did you Marry s- Me with Owen Wilson, yeah. And then before that, she was in the fucking movie about strippers yeah, the that first like tw- rob their clients. The first 20 oh, seconds of this had you me... Know that- had my eyes glued to the monitor. That reminds me of something. Yeah. Um, and and the one that we'll we'll spend a little more time talking about, I guess, is uh, it's come the the time has come where we have to face reality that this is in fact a movie. Black Panther, Wakanda forever. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chadwick Boseman is uh. In fact, I thought you said Shadow Bozeman. I'm like, is that the new is that the new setting for Shadow Bozeman the, Island is Shadow, where they're cloning Chadwick. Shadow Bozeman is what they're they're calling their white counterpart to Chadwick Bozeman as White Panther. Panther gear. Um it's a big twist. Nobody saw it coming. We did, however, get a new trailer for Black Panther, which everybody's mm-hmm. screaming about, uh, because we do get to see um Spoiler, it's Shuri. We all fucking know it um, as the new Black Panther. Um, she's got the dots around the eyes. It's 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 got to be her. Her yeah. face is also yeah. front and center on the uh, poster. On the which is... Mm-hmm. Pyramid of, of actors and main characters of Black yeah. Panther. Which... Which is weird, like, it, as the comments point out, is, is weird. Because, like, her character was the like the support character on the on the the in the Wakanda team. Yeah. She was the one doing all the tech. Yeah. Right. Um so there's been some but she did have the, the, the lion fists at the yeah. end, right? So there there's been some theories on like what this could definitely do because there's also no more flowers because they burned it down in Black Panther One. Um so there's gonna be some thoughts on maybe going yeah, to the spirit that... world to try to get the powers of Black Panther. There's um, a bit of a plot hole. Yeah, so I don't mm-hmm. know how they're gonna get dig themselves out of that one because they wrote themselves into a bit of a corner. Yep. You could have just that... recast T'Challa, yeah. like his character had more work to do, and it's very unfortunate that Chadwick Boseman passed away. But I'm pretty sure, like T'Challa being an on-screen character was very important to him. Yeah, I I really think um, uh, this isn't the first misstep that Marvel's definitely taken recently, but it is um, quite possibly the one that has most impact on future events because they're kind of writing out... I mean, they're basically just backfilling and, and whatever T'Challa could have done in the comics, they're just going to replace it with Shuri now. Um, but, you know, that's Which feels character. a little skeevy and they're also they're also rushing things or throwing in Ironheart which is a relatively new comic book character um into this <sighs> yeah. uh, it seems like um Riri Williams is gonna have a bigger role in this one which depending on this actress depending on how they write her could either go really really bad or this just this is fine. one instance where 
you should stray as far from the source material as possible. You need to pull a Spider-Verse and Miles Morales, this character, to where now like people have positive association with Miles Morales as a character where there was a very negative association when the character first debuted. Um, I think the reaction to Riri Williams as a character was like a hundred times worse than Miles Morales. So you really have yeah. to to rehab yeah. this. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's good advice for any movie in general to just be amazing and, and reinvent. <laughs> just be Spider-Verse. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do want to shout out uh, that um, so the villain of of the, you know the antagonist of this movie is is Namor, but I did not realize that his counterpart was Namora. That's I, I think that's the queen of the the Submariners, or however however those that whole uh, I believe they're Atlanteans. Works. Um, he is yeah. the Submariner. That's like his superhero name, and Namor is his like Christian name. <laughs> Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Did they actually like cast? Yeah, yeah. Mabel Kadana as Namora. As Namora. <laughs> maybe that's Namor his um, butt girl. Maybe that's his uh, sister. And they're. Uh, I suppose it's possible. <laughs> maybe maybe that's like a family name. They were like, we want, we wanted to, we like this name so much, we'll do it again. We know very little about Atlantean <laughs> culture. This could be normal. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested. There's been a lot of picking apart of this trailer, as there always has. Um, and there's been a lot of been a uh, lot of uh, backlash against. Um, who is it? Uh, Letitia, Letitia Wright, who is leading this and has she got backlash for prominent anti-vax views mm. and the like but she's not doing a um a miss cardona i don't think and and really shouting it out so <laughs> like here here's your, you have those controversial views but here's how you stay on the disney production <laughs> instead of getting yourself kicked off um, oh, like Gina Carano? Yeah, Gina meant? Carano. That's, that's <laughs> who, wait, who did I say? I don't remember, but it was not Gina Carano. Carano. <laughs> wait, who who in this movie has um is doing that? Letitia Wright. Who is that? The uh, the person playing Sherry. Oh, I, I did not expect to be spelled like that. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, it is kind of odd. I I, I was, thought it was I S H A. Yeah, I was okay. Huh, interesting. Well, that's silly. Um, but I'm glad she didn't pull the Gina Carano and um Well, I'm I'm not I'm generally not glad for that uh you know, for the the opinions, but um it's a good move for her to not like go all in and and tank your career. Uh-huh. Like that's all Disney asks is is like don't make an ass out of yourself while you're doing this. Well, she's also young too, so she's like, uh, she definitely doesn't want to like throw it away when she's literally 29 years old and still has a lot of legs on her Hollywood career, possibly. Um, but who knows? Maybe she kind of 
pulled Marvel's bluff and said, if I'm going to be the new star of this movie, <laughs> what are you going to do? Fucking fire me? Do it. I dare you. I mean, they fired Ed Norton. <laughs> yeah. They fired Terrence Howard. <laughs> I mean, but honestly, if you got rid of Letitia Wright, why not just recast Tatala? I mean, I would agree. And maybe yeah. they would push the movie back a year so they could yeah. do that and reshoot everything. But yeah, honestly, I mean, it just also just I don't set a think... precedent for, hey, you're replaceable. I don't think anyone not named Robert Downey Jr. is viewed as irreplaceable by Marvel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and even then, they're like, I'm sure they were very glad to have him walk away. Off the books, yeah. It's probably getting rather expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So, we got to talk a about it. coin to pay for his. Yeah, uh, we got to talk about it. Talk about the Mario in the room. Yeah, Illuminations Mario. Um, You know, when I heard Chris Pratt was going to be Mario, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of a lot of hope. But after seeing it in motion, I have even less hope. (laughs) I will say the animation looks good, but I've also been. It looks. I've also it looked fun. really good on my phone. Yeah. It looks a little less good on the screen, but not not bad still. It still almost kind of looks like a really high def uh video game like cut screen or um you mm-hmm. know animation so Yeah. And this this trailer if if you would call it that it is a teaser. Yeah, um so. is basically just a showcase of the art style. Yeah. And a, a taste of what Mario and some characters are going to sound like because this is basically positing that Bowser has invaded um, the land of the one penguin in Mario sixty four. Uh, right. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the name of that level? I don't remember. Tall Tall Mountain or something like that. That sounds. No, that's a different Mario sixty four level. And. Um... Um... Yeah, Chris but. Chris Pratt's Mario sounds less like Mario and more like I'm a New Yorker. Eh? Look at me. this Goomba over here. <laughs> it's a me. I'm Mario. Mario Mario. How fucking This would be either really bad or amazing. Now we could you could either do it with Chris or not or do uh, maybe some really bad CG of the original Mario. Can we Mario deep fake Bob Hoskins back? Deep fake Bob Mario. Hoskins. In a, in I a, mean, it does kind of look like they're pulling from from Bob Hoskins's like appearance for for this you know for this portrayal of Mario. I'm just looking at the face, and I'm like, you know, I I can see. It kind of does look see. like a little Bob Hoskins. Peter's um, Uncle Bob. <laughs> because he also kind of does have that same look as as the Bob Hoskins Mario, and he's pulling through a portal and he's confused as fuck where he is. So what if he is from New York and gets pulled through a pipe and shot into this mysterious world? Uh, yeah, where please gets... tell me that we get to continue the plot from the original Mario Bros. movie of their rivalry with the Petrelli brothers or whatever. Ah, yeah, he get, he then gets accosted immediately by a by a toad, uh, voiced by Keegan Michael Key, um, and he sounds fine. 
He sounds good. Also, should note yeah. Bowser sounds fine too. I think Jack Black is gonna be a, a fine mm-hmm. Bowser as long as the writing stays consistent. I, I they I can didn't... get away with that. I feel like with Jack Black, they it's not look. Yeah, my my general consensus is it doesn't look like they're airballing it yet. They haven't. It doesn't look like a complete train wreck, but at the same time. It's inherently difficult to do a Mario movie. It's not exactly a game that's story-driven. Um, and I don't have a lot of confidence in Illumination to, like, write a good movie. Um, of course, the, you know, they don't write it, but I'm sure they have people who consult on that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, when you see this a lot, we saw it with fucking Smallfoot, right? You get a bunch of famous people as voice actors for your animated movie because mm-hmm. you're not confident that the movie's very good. So you need the star power to sell the movie. Right. I need your ass to sell this movie. So doesn't there are there are worrying signs. Um mm-hmm. I'm I'm hoping. My my target for this, like my expectation where I want it to land, is at least uh at least a, a detective Pikachu. I think that's that's shooting a little high. I'll be happy if it's at you know, as good as the first Mario Brothers movie. That's the bar I'm Nothing setting can for. Quite, it. See that's the thing, is like you can't quite replicate that level of like nineties. You <laughs> you like that movie a lot better than I did. Um, mm-hmm. I just liked it because it was, I think, mostly because the style was, uh, it was just so. There were some cool stylistic elements to that so... movie. I'll concede that, but the rest mm-hmm. of it was very bad. Yeah, including whatever the fuck that Goomba was. Tiny, tiny head Goomba, that Goomba. Um. Yeah, we'll see how we'll see how everyone else uh, how it all shakes out. Yeah, it's still so early; it's hard to hard to even you know. Yeah, we can't even tell you what the plot is. Down. There's no plot. It's it's like the amount that they showed. They're really keeping their cards close to their hand, close to their chest. They're keeping their cards in their hand. I mean, I yes, I would imagine they're likely keeping them close to their hand as well. Um, so they, yeah, we'll, we'll see what they send out next. Uh, I, the first like, uh, reactions to Chris Pratt's, um, Mario voice, not great. I haven't really heard a lot of praise behind it, but, um, then again, there's the whole, well, it doesn't even, it doesn't even sound like he's, he's putting a little bit of an accent on it, but like it almost like a watered down New York or Italian accent. Well, yeah, it's, it sounds like he's from New York. It doesn't sound like he's from Italy or, or like what Mario is, is sounds like. Because I mean, Mario so doesn't sound like he's from Italy. But it still either. sounds so much like yeah. just Chris Pratt. And it's like... It it sounds like Chris Pratt trying to do a New York accent. Yeah, and it's it's a little jarring. Uh, I will have to have to admit. Um, I don't... Maybe maybe uh, maybe Chris Pratt wasn't the, the best pick. <laughs> Like well, I mean, you could have gotten what was it, Charles M- M- Montaner? 
Charles Martinet, Martinet yeah. Yeah. You could have gotten him. There's nothing. It's an animated fucking movie. Yeah. You, you don't need Chris Pratt's body. <laughs> you could have gotten literally anyone, including the guy who's voiced Mario for like 30 years to do it. I'm, I hope he has a cameo somewhere in here. Yeah. It's gotta be. I think, I think he was rumored to have a cameo of some sort. Yeah. Um... I don't know that I trust the uh, creative judgment of those at Nintendo either for like signing off on this movie because uh, Miyamoto famously loved the first Mario Brothers movie despite <laughs> everyone involved in the production of that movie viewing it as a complete train wreck. Like the, the fucking intern they sent to pick him up and, and take him to a screening of the movie was like, head in their hands embarrassed as the movie went on and then at the end of it Miyamoto's like I loved it and they're like you what <laughs> yeah release it <laughs> excuse me <laughs> I'm I'm glad I share tastes with, with Miyamoto in in that specific thing yes mm-hmm. um alright well that's trailers that's trailers so let's let's go to the follow up here and take a look at our beautiful box office which is led this week by smile smile um which i've heard a lot of like good things i guess you would say about it people saying it's really scary it's one of the scariest horror movies of of whatever of course you see that for literally every horror movie (laughs) and it's advertising and it can't always be true but i have I've, i've seen a lot of people uh, referencing it in things like not related to discussing it, like random Reddit posts, I see it pop up a lot in, which is usually to me an indicator that it's like at least culturally very relevant. Yeah, um, it's interesting that they released it first week of October. Um, they, I don't know how the market research works. Maybe they found out that uh, people watch Halloween movies well before Halloween because they're doing things. On Halloween? Well, I think the the market research shows if you release a spoopy movie in the month of October, it will it will its profits will go up by like fifty percent of what it would earn in any other month. Yeah. Um, so in that vein, I I it will be interesting to see what position it ends up on the weekend of the uh, you know. The oh, it'll Halloween be weekend. It'll be like almost out of theaters by then because this is how these movies work, right? They're quick hitters. No one like goes to see a horror movie again a lot in theaters. Um, mm-hmm. So usually they, they have a big opening week and then you get holdouts the next couple weeks. And then it's basically everyone who was going to see the movie has seen the movie. Yeah, the only thing... And I- you know what this was rated? Oh, it is R. Yeah. R. Um, the only the only way I could see this getting a spike or something like that around Halloween maybe is if it was PG thirteen, and a lot of kids went out to go see it. Um, but honestly, for a rated R horror movie, this brought in a good chunk of change. Twenty two point um, six million is nothing to sneeze at. Had a had a good um had an awesome marketing campaign. Uh, everybody likes a good viral marketing campaign with all the the just the people posting up on behind home plate or wherever whatever plates they had of the baseball games. Oh yeah. Just smiling and mm-hmm. wearing the smile shirt. 
Uh, there, there was a guy. I don't know if he was part of the official marketing campaign or just like fucking uh, imitating it, which I guess is free advertising, the best marketing right? campaign. But um, <laughs> it was during one of the Yankee games when Aaron Judge was was trying to hit his 60th home run at the time. <laughs> and it just like he just held the same expression for an uncomfortably long period of time, like the entire at bat, the entire inning, the entire. I mean that is that that's like the best marketing you see that. You but see I feel like he then... must have been part of it though, because like Aaron Judge's home run chase was getting like national cut-ins to uh, from other sporting events. So if you're gonna like deploy an actor in this way, that would have been the way to do it. Yeah. It also those tickets don't come cheap too. No, absolutely <laughs> if they're, not. If they're the, the the behind home plate in the really close seats, yeah. Yeah, forty, especially at Yankee Stadium. Uh, 45 million, 45.7 worldwide, 22.6, if I didn't mention that already, for Smile. Uh, being deposed by Smile is Don't Worry Darling, which despite opening in eight additional theaters to bring its total to 4,100 theaters, it only brought in $6.8 million, down 64.6% from the prior week. It's a hearty drop-off. Mm-hmm. It's brought in $56 million worldwide. Uh, the Woman King, falling another spot down 38% out of 261 theaters. Kevin Smith's uh, latest picture has made $51.7 million worldwide. Pull. It's, uh, it's got a long way to go. Avatar 2022 re-release. Uh, $5 I don't know why I feel like this has been in theaters for longer than it has. It only says it's been here for two weeks. But, like, my brain yeah. says that's wrong. I feel like they, they re-released it earlier in the year, but they didn't, like, brand it as a 2020 re-release. Just goes to show you that a however-many-year-old movie um, can be re-released <laughs> for a week earlier and and be only down by a million dollars. Avatar... Avatar is fucking what is that? Is that 15? thirteen years old now? Jeez, I'm getting fucking old, dude. I was in high school when that movie came out. <laughs> yep, that was kids. Like, do kids today even watch 3D movies? <laughs> Probably. Like, do not. they? Did they ever I, go in? I mean, and at watch the it? movie theater, that's still a thing. Real D 3D is still a thing. Mm-hmm. Only when the standard ones are sold out, though. Yeah, or, or like that's the only one in the time you want. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't really see like a. I don't know. Do you think that's like a phasing? That's like a a, a phase that we've just kind of gotten bored of. Um, I I think it has more to do with how expensive it is to go to a movie just in general. Mm-hmm. Where people don't want to like pay the extra six dollars to see it in three D because, well, three D is is neat and it does add a nice sense of depth. Obviously, um, I don't think it's like worth it because there's already yeah. depth of field in the camera, mm-hmm. so like you have that sense of depth even on the two D picture. The three D just makes it feel a little more. Uh, immersive like i remember i think i saw rogue one in 3d because that was the only showing at the time i (laughs) wanted to go to 
and I'm like, yeah, this is this is fine. I don't feel like it's greatly enhanced my movie going experience. But for some movies, it is really good. Like Spider Verse in 3D was yeah. was one of the best 3D it's, movies I've ever seen. Yeah, that was outstanding. Um, yeah, 3D is definitely a pick and choose kind of added value. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be careful. I, I, I maybe not. I shouldn't say be careful, but you wanna. You really want to go to a 3D movie where it will accentuate yeah. the um, the action. Like, I could I could see myself watching like Top Gun Maverick in mm-hmm. 3D, right? Because the, if the yeah. draw of that was the aerial stunts, yeah, I feel like that would probably be a good one. 3D um, would be would be a big boost, or something like Dune. I know people really enjoyed the IMAX. Jake, I know you watched it in IMAX. Yeah. Um, we watched Dragon Ball Super Superhero in IMAX. <laughs> that's did. definitely the uh, the the same vibe as I give IMAX um, the recommendation for when it's like, is it worth getting that extra sound and picture quality and bigger screen? Like Dune is something you want to experience, like mm-hmm. a big thing. But I don't know if I would go see The Woman King in IMAX. In IMAX. Um, <laughs> I don't need to see Kevin James screaming. Uh, Kevin Smith. <laughs> Kevin James. <laughs> he might have been in the Kevin movie James for all we know. Woman King. <laughs> that's, that, that's his new series. He's the Woman King, King of Queens. Queens. <laughs> 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 what is that? Is that a fucking Freudian slip that I had that it's just Kevin... <laughs> Oh, the king of queens. Death the woman perfect. king Death should perfect. be called I a queen. That. Yeah, the woman king of queens. Yeah, yeah. it's the new sitcom <laughs> featuring Viola Davis. This is Viola Davis. That's Kevin Smith's wife character. She's trying to like free her country from imperialism, and he's coming from the home from his shift at UPS, being like, "I've been driving all across the savannah." Viola, get me a beer. <laughs> My show is about to come on. I need my slippers and my Budweiser. I am trying to free my people. Why my black helping? friend here works at UPS with me. He knows the struggle. He had a black friend, right? I think so. That show? I don't remember a lot about that show. I'm pretty sure. I think his name yes, might have been Deacon. Maybe. I remember it was Kevin James... Leah, Jerry Stiller Leah, was in there. Yeah. Yep, Jerry Stiller and Leah Remy me 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 me. Oh, Kurt with the dub, Deacon Palmer, Victor Williams. Nailed it. Yeah, Victor Williams played him. Kevin James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just silently recast his wife, uh, uh, Leah Remini, <laughs> with Viola Davis. <laughs> The Woman King. <laughs> then they can have funny interactions with Deacon and be like, "My brother, why are you running?" <laughs> Do you know the way? <laughs> Do you know the way? <laughs> how, how old is that one? That's that's a solid like. I think that's a 2018 vintage. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I was I was living in Jersey at the time, which would have <laughs> four, four put to it... six years. <laughs> yeah, I got in trouble at work for that. <laughs> like for that <laughs> shirt, I got in trouble. 
Why? There's nothing on the shirt to indicate that's even called Ugandan no, knuckles. The, You'd have guy, to know it. The guy looked it up and was like, "Hey, oh, he does an accent." I'm offended, and I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, man. But you worked like, very hard to get offended by that, yeah. though. You yep. were... Oh, yeah, he, he had to try for it. I was like... Just like just like bros is really having to fucking try in fifth place here. Yeah, bros, the, the world's first gay rom-com. Um, we'll see how Spoiler Alert does later yeah, in the year. Definitely not. Yeah, definitely not the... What is it? The Birdcage? Whatever, that wasn't the first gay rom-com. Don't even worry about it. This one's the first one. Yeah, um, it did not do super strong at the box office. Um, $4.8 million uh, in 3,300 theaters. Good enough for fifth place in what continues to be not a particularly strong box office. However, it's reviewing pretty well. Um, and not just like on fake news outlets like Rotten Tomatoes, but it's got 77 on Metacritic, which is a fairly strong score. Uh, it's got 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Again, respectable. On mm-hmm. uh, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. What is the audience score? 90%. So even even higher than, of course, that is their verified audience bullshit. Um yeah. But you know who's a verified audience member every time? I'll tell you who. Real reviewers. Real reviewers. With real reviewer traits, hanging out with they sack lunches, the nice nice plums, getting good bluish hue, sun dancing off them just nice. Um waiting outside the movie theater for their the bus to take them back to the uh the land of the real reviewers. They all go in groups. They uh, migrate in herds. <laughs> it's true. Oh my god. They do move in herds. And they can't reproduce. It's okay. When you get the augmentation that makes you a real reviewer, it does something <laughs> akin to chemical castration. So. Yeah. You're all you're all taken care of there. I, I think we're fine as long as nobody's spliced in some frog DNA, right? <laughs> I'm told life life finds a way. That's a quote from my favorite movie, Saving Private Ryan. Um, <laughs> Team Pop is one such real reviewer, and he has a ten out of or she I shouldn't assume has a ten out of ten review of Bros, which is the movie poster is. The leads playing grab ass with each other, uh, which is, I guess, tasteful. Um, 10 out of 10. Funny downvote, but cinema score and Rotten Tomatoes audience score won't lie. Except Rotten Tomatoes audience score lies all the fucking time. Um, Nothing is wrong with stereotypes. It's part of the truth that people should embrace, not deny or hiding from it. Again, this movie literally have Luke McFarlane's character, Aaron who is the opposite of the gay stereotype. So I don't get the rage about the stereotype at all. Even if the movie features some sort of stereotype, it doesn't mean the movie is bad. I found myself laughing at many scenes. Yes, there's the thing about sex and inappropriate jokes, but this is an R-rated movie. It's not out of the loop. What? (laughs) As a gay man who aren't white, 
I still find myself enjoy this movie. I feel bad doing this voice now that I know it's a gay guy. <laughs> this movie, even when I don't relate to some experiences of white gay men characters. It is a generic rom-com that's done right. I think the weakest part of it might be Billy Eichner's character, but that doesn't say that Billy's character is bad, but I feel like the supporting characters, especially his friends group, carry the movie for me. Two out of 11 found that helpful. And I'm sorry, Team Pop, if my uh, effeminate voice offended you. (laughs) If you ever worry about it, just remember that G-Force exists. Yes. Yeah, true. And the original rom com for gays. <laughs> <laughs> it makes my little butt go boop. <laughs> I, I that scene that scene stays with you. Um okay. Can't so shake it. Of all the one out of tens, uh we got a good mix of gays bashing gays. We got some gay and gay violence. Mm. Really Really interesting to see that. Um, underreported yes, phenomenon. Underreported. <laughs> um, we're also seeing a lot of probable straights just uh, being mad about woke culture. So I'm going to give you the best of both worlds. I'm going to start your palate off Ready for with it. a nice, hearty dose of maybe somebody who's not. I don't know what they're trying to do here. You, you guys tell me. All right. Okay. okay. We'll be the judge. From. Email Masindi. <laughs> One out of ten. Predictable, unfunny, and stereotypical. No Oxford comma there. Okay. Points <laughs> okay. deducted. Right. Very much so. <laughs> A very white male movie. Nerdy Jew. Attractive. Buff. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't get better from here. I'm just gonna warn you. That's like the greatest fucking line in the history of this segment. All killer, no filler. No, it's, this it's is... right up there with cherry, cherry, boom, boom, gaga. It's like it's like thought world wars. It's only twelve seconds, but all twelve seconds are fucking gold. Uh, yeah, they're um, they don't waste times for like filler words, like you know, adjectives or um, nouns or. Plot conjunctions. Or context, conjunctions, uh, grammar. Conjunction, junction. What's so, your nerdy Jew, attractive. Buff gum, part boy, hot. <laughs> Meet, argue, get back together. The bisexual, black, lesbian, trans characters are one dimensional and used for jokes. It is preachy, and much of it feels like the 1960s battles that are tired and old. It's almost offensive with gay foursomes, rich fairy, and token celeb cameos. They try to impart gay history, which goes off the rails with weird trains and nightmare scenes. Mm. The family scenes are so predictable. If this were New York City and the character had a lofty museum job, this simply wouldn't happen in 2022. Or, yeah, 20... 
I'd skip this movie as it's not iconic just because it wants to be mainstream. 56 out of 84 found that helpful. Nice. I think the uh, the oh. peak of it was the beginning. Nerdy mm. Jew, attractive. Yep, Buff that... gum, part boy. <laughs> <laughs> I I do also like the the part where they complain about characters being used for jokes in a romantic comedy. <laughs> that, yeah. That's the thing. Uh I think that's a repeated thing that I've been seeing is that people are complaining about uh the comedy in this. And like maybe using stereotypes as the comedy or using minorities as the comedy part. But it is a rom-com. And it takes mm-hmm. itself very lightly, which is what a lot of other rom-coms do. Just and with something other stereotypes. that some of these people should do. They should take themselves a little less seriously. Yeah. Maybe you wouldn't, you know, try to beat each other up on IMDb user reviews. Sorry, was... was did someone Bixby somehow? I... <laughs> did you want to tell us something, Bixby? <laughs> um, Bixby's upset about the use of trans characters as stereotypes. <laughs> I guess so. Um, and maybe, maybe PPPCCCPPP is. Uh, with their 5 out of 10 review. Uh, recycled storyline updated for 2022. And this... You know, he does as a courtesy. He gives me an actual TLDR at the beginning of the review. you love mm. to see it. Uh, TLDR. This movie is an annoying man, self-written, self-written and starred in, fantasy of a moderately intelligent lawyer jock hottie falling for him despite his painfully pretentious and grating personality. Not great. Only sort of good. Billy Eichner is a gay Woody Allen, a la Annie Hall. And bros is just as cringy as the classic, but straight, precedent of New York relationship drama. Despite some funny moments, Deborah Messing in particular, the plot is so contrived around a protagonist who is extremely difficult to sympathize with. Again, very Woody Allen. It's an exhausting watch. It's overly self-referential as a gay movie, calling out the faults of gay cinema history while doing remarkably little to be transgressive. Apart from representation representation of QTB IPOC museum staff. It's not breaking new ground in exploration in exploration queer life experiences. There is some surface level awareness of queer community diversity, but this is a story of two privileged white cis men in New York. This particular emotionally unavailable New York men plot has been done to death for decades. A very natural thing, 1970 something comes to mind. While it pretty accurately and humorously displays a gay man's sexual openness, it falls into the morality trap of delegitimizing relationships that begin online, as if you can only really fall in love with someone you meet in person first. Really a trash take for 2022. There is portrayal of other weird relationship dynamics that I didn't enjoy, but won't get into the details. The production is high budget, but the writing is mediocre. It feels like the only purpose of the story is to fill Bill Eichner's sensitive jock-wet dream. It's too bad, because there were some missed opportunities to make this a really complex and enjoyable contemporary comedy. 28 out of 47. Found it helpful. <sighs> yeah, some some of those criticisms, I feel, are a little uh, nitpicky. But I, I have not seen the movie. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, Meles Trega has seen the movie, and they give it a 10 out of 10, calling it Best Gay Rom-Com with a Fully Queer Cast. Two exclamation marks. Yes, yes, yes. OMFG, yes. Okay, it's so funny. It's romantic. It's raunchy and sexy and everything more. You won't and can't go wrong. All my LGBTQAI2S plus brothers, sisters, they, thems gather and go to it. Let's make Warner Brothers see they didn't go wrong. It truly represents the queer community perfectly. <laughs> that they have every box checked. It's heavenly. Well done. Oh, and you can't go wrong with how they make fun of how Grinder is more. So please, please, please get out to your local theaters. Laugh your face off. It's worth it. Seriously, not a penny wasted on watching this movie. Can't go wrong! Exclamation mark. 13 out of 48 found that helpful. Um, they added some more things to the alphabet soup. I, I feel like this was written sarcastically. Um, just my vibe, but also Poe's Law is, is a real thing. And I can't tell. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't also be surprised if somebody was like, hey, we got a, we got to rally. We got to rally together. Show them they and just like that's eating right into their hands. Well, it's just it's just the tone of voice. Like they added all those things into the LGBT stuff and um, the comment about having every box checked. You know, that seems like a joke I would make. Um, I don't know. Let's hard see, hard is, to say. Uh, oh. Toronto P flag. <laughs> what is this? Uh, I'm just, it's just the website that it's on, but I looked up the full, like the updated thing. And the newest I, patch. The newest patch to the LGBTQ uh, thing is LGBTQ two S plus. Okay. See also. They're adding numbers into it now. I like it. Is that See supposed also, to be like two spirits for specifically Native American? Uh, acronym People. for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, or questioning. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what the 2S is. See also, 2 is a whole uh, acronym sheet. Uh, see also, 2SLGBTQI+. See now, at the risk of making the one joke, um, I, I really want to add in 3G there. <laughs> yeah, what is 2Spirit? It is two spirit. That was something Native Americans used to describe like people who were born intersex. Um oh. but I don't think it's been used since. Yeah. I mean, in my from my viewing it hasn't seemed to catch on. Well, yeah, in, in the I, circles I watch. I, I feel can't like be the alphabet mafia anymore. Yeah, I feel like that's just it's just another way of describing intersex that applies to like a narrower field of people because the, the kind of people that would care enough to add it into the acronym are the kind of people who will be offended if you identify as it and are not Native American. Oh, yeah, I see two spirit to us. 
Indigenous North America? Yeah. Okay, there's a whole video. I might watch it later. I might. I might just do that. Or... I, I, my first time hearing Two Spirits was on a panel discussion on Real Time with Bill Maher, oh. like, three months ago. And that was the only time I've heard it since. I don't. I hope it doesn't catch on. I can't keep on remembering a new acronym every every month. They they update it faster than cyberpunk. I know. <laughs> um, we got ultra maximal coming in at us hot. Uh, so there were two of these um, gay on gay violence reviews, um, and, and they both kind of had the same vibe to them. Uh, a little sad. A little. This is a little specific, but I had more. Um, votes on it. Ultra Maximal says, Don't speak for me. One out of ten warning spoilers. Fast forward 30 seconds if you don't want spoilers. As a 56-year-old gay male, I found this time time to be very embarrassing and stereotypical. It does not represent me or most of the gay males I know or an extra R in there have known throughout my life, even after living in San Francisco for 23 years. It's just in bad taste in so many ways. The drug use, the overblown effeminity, rampant sex, all of it was just discouraging. I now see that those involved are crying phobia and victimization That certainly isn't the case. They made a mediocre film about a very streamlined and targeted demographic aimed at a limited interest audience, plain and simple. It's a simply boy-meets-boy love story wrapped in sad attempts at humor by marginalizing everyone who isn't a male, even though 90% of males in the film act nelly and effeminate. I really thought the gay community was past this, but the creators of this horror show have shown me that we haven't. 162 out of 201 found this helpful. Yikes. That's that's a big heater right there. A lot of people looked at that and said, yeah. That's that's how I feel. As, I mean, not me specifically. Those people. Yeah. (laughs) What do you mean, those people? (laughs) Those people that read the review. I am. I'm, all I'm saying is that I am not a 56-year-old gay man who's lived in San Francisco for 23 years. Did you write this? Let me check the IP address. Bixby, track it. <laughs> Bixby, find me the haters. <laughs> Don't summon its awful presence. Bixby, release the hounds. <laughs> find me the IP address. Oh. Bring me I the this four out of ten review here. Um, there was there was a short one I was gonna do, but this one this one's better because this again hits on the the Woody Allen angle, which which came up a couple times here. Uh, but from Belladornan Two's uh, four out of ten review, four stars for McFarlane. Though it's sanitized, deodorized, and brightly lit. There's a ghastly dead specter hanging over bros. Woody Allen. <laughs> writer, writer slash actor Billy Eichner, 44, has turned out a promising first draft for a script for a gay rom-com. Eichner, the actor, plays the quintessential New York writer-filmmaker Wood Allen here, <laughs> and the script for bros is at heart a distillation of the worst parts of Woody's films. 
in which the nebbish that whined is paired with an utterly unbelievable procession of gorgeous and unexpectedly deep shiksas. Playing the Shiksa, forbidden flesh, I believe, is the huh? word you're looking. Shiksa, I believe, is the word you're oh, looking for. Okay, I've never heard that word before. It is a non-Jewish woman. Oh, okay. Oh, just gotcha. like a goy, or is it? Is it Goya? Goyim. 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 Goya. It's a nice malt soda. <laughs> it's a nice malt drink. All right, Goyim. That's a non-Jewish man. Yeah. Um. Playing the forbidden flesh this time around <laughs> is hunky male model slash actor Luke McFarlane, 42. Coated with industrial strength muscle, McFarlane inhabits the well-drawn character of Aaron as a slave to the conventional life. Lawyer, gym bunny, trophy screw. To his credit, McFarlane explores every single crack and crevasse in his toy boy. Good for him, I guess. <laughs> Eichner, sadly, has done nowhere near as good as job with his Woody Allen mimic, Bobby What's-His-Name. McFarlane's Aaron has all the components of a character. <laughs> job, family, stifled longings, and past. Uh, Eichner gives Bobby none of these things. He lives in New York with no visible means of support, barking endlessly to no one on a podcast. Uh, his endless self-obsession is the opposite of attractive, it is utterly repulsive. The only characteristic Eigner can show show us in his own creation is the laser-focused projection of Bobby's own shallowness and self-loathing. It's no surprise at all that he's single at 40. The surprise here, as with all Woody Allen films where goddesses have to read a script in which they claim to find him interesting, is that McFarlane's Aaron would open his perfect lips to reveal his perfect teeth while looking at the utterly obnoxious and grating Bobby. There are many clever lines, but they are all coming in so slowly due to Stoller's boring directorial pace that we see the punchlines over yonder long before they shuffle in. There's not a shred of nudity in this rated R film, just lots of self-indulgence. Why on earth would men leave their underwear on during sex? Because it's review. cold. <laughs> Three out of six. Not that helpful. No, I've never left my underwear on during sex. At least I don't think so. That's what the that's what the uh, the slot is for, right? Yeah, you just you just <laughs> feed it through, and you can do all your business. I mean, you might get a little messy, mm-hmm. um, but you wash the underwear anyway. Yeah, it's disposable. I use mine to double <laughs> you as burn cable. them after. I use mine to double as cable management tools by my computer. Be careful with those zip ties, Jake. That's all I'm going to say. Definitely want to exercise caution when seeing bros or when seeing Panini Silvan, which is going to be our next fucking uh, 100 download episode here. (laughs) After the smashing success of RRR. Um, It's it's an Indian movie. Uh, PS-1, as the poster says. calls it yo what the fuck though 500 theater release 8,000 average take yeah oh jesus they come out in force they are a nation of hype beasts (laughs) they are oh my god 
They're building. They build tall. They don't go wide. What? <laughs> what do they have? This like it's five hundred exact. But do they have like like only Indian movie movie theaters? I'm sure in in parts of the country where the population is super dense that they probably do. Yeah, I. There, the uh, the Regal by us in in uh, one of the malls uh, does show Indian cinema. Um, they do have this stuff in their theater, and I'm I'm tempted. Like with that turnout, I would be tempted to go and see this on opening night. Just, just experience to see the, it. Yeah. The theater packed with with people, and like from from what I heard, I again I've never been. From what I've heard, like they pop off during the movie. Like it's nuts. Like it's a it's a party in there. Yeah, I I would not doubt it. Is that why they're so long? Do they just like, like get up and walk around and bring food and just like have like a big party while I'd, the movie's That would be about? really cool. That would be an awesome experience if that were true. I I don't know that it is, but it, like it's just like, like a three hour like a Rocky Horror hangout. Yeah. All right. This might be insensitive, but is that like <laughs> looking around? What the fuck are you looking around for? <laughs> Is that like the Indian version of like the cookout? <laughs> like where like we wouldn't be invited to the cookout, obviously. I'm pretty like, sure they just have cookouts. <laughs> yeah. This would be like it see now. Is this like is this is this like the Medea movie? <laughs> Um, from budget's not high enough. Budget's, yeah. yeah, I think so. I I remember I used to go to a um too many characters. I I went to go see the Medea, uh, Boot Two and Medea's Halloween. Yeah, we we all saw that in theaters. I saw that in a very predominantly black neighborhood, and I was telling you guys, I'm like, dude, my theater was packed. And, and I were tell they pop? The question is, were they popping off? It kind they kind of were popping off. People thought Tyler Perry, they, they thought Tyler Perry was the funniest thing imaginable. And we're just going ham. There's got to be some, there's some cultural disconnect. <laughs> there's got to be. Maybe it's something, maybe something, maybe they grew up on like his early stuff. And like it hits like a, a, a childhood nerve or like a. a Nostalgia a, bomb. Some nostalgic nerve for them. And they're like, oh, he's going to do the thing. I mean, that's that's really the only explanation. Or maybe Tyler Perry's just hitting these like stereotypical black culture things that are like just really funny. Like you know how we always laugh at the thing where you pass a white guy in the hallway and you both do like the yeah <laughs> the little the the white guy nod the, the nod. white guy smirk and nod as you like hmm? we're not gonna stop and talk to you but I'm gonna acknowledge your existence for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's hilarious to me because I do that on a criminal level. <laughs> I mean, I make mayonnaise look like chocolate syrup, my dude. <laughs> Mayo boy. All right, um, barbarians in seven. <laughs> Speaking of white people, 
I add Sorry. garlic powder to my mayo and call it garlic aioli. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I'm bougie. <laughs> I gotta have my garlic aioli because I don't want to be a peasant with mayonnaise. I think, on my I, I think you really wrap. are being culturally insensitive, Jake. I mean, you have to live where you're at and put Old Bay in your yeah. in your mayonnaise. That's the only aioli you need. That's a, got... it's a it's a flavorful seafood aioli. I I don't get my crab cart until eight years in in Maryland. That's a, so my claws start to grow in. <laughs> Two point eight. Whoa. You get the you got the bib that says I got crabs. What's the thing about turning into crabs? What's that term? Carcinization. Yeah, <laughs> takes a while for that to hit. Yeah, it starts in Maryland. <laughs> Two point. Just spread out. Marylanders don't die; they just finish their carcinization <laughs> process and, and go out into sea. <laughs> uh, for a fact, I know. Whenever Kristen gets her nails done, she does molt two weeks later. <laughs> it's kind of in cycle with her period too. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that on this public podcast. <laughs> One week before the wedding. <laughs> and two weeks after the wedding, she'll molt her nails into a new breed. <laughs> closer and closer to the crab final form that she is. Bullet Train is an eighth, $1.3 million, down 26.5%. DC League of Super Pets, $1.245 million, down 28%. Top Gun Maverick, hanging on to dear life in the top 10 oh in week 19. <laughs> they can make it to 20, I believe. $1.197 million, down 25.9%. And out of another 464 theaters, but still, <laughs> 1,500 theaters still bringing in. Re-release. Re-release. <laughs> you can't re-release something that never went nowhere. Uh, the Halloween, the Halloween re-release of Top Gun Maverick. 1.476 billion, so it almost got to 1.5. Maybe it'll get there with with the aforementioned Halloween re-release. But that's the top ten. Yep. Shoutouts to um, Vikram Veda. <laughs> Which, with a not quite, you know, uh, as strong take per theater of of one thousand, of seventeen hundred, in in what is ostensibly the same five hundred theaters, <laughs> that's a rough week for both to release. Well, everyone went to see the other one, and the yeah, only they got pe- to coordinate these. The releases. only people that went to see Vikram Veda were um, the people who couldn't get a ticket to the other one. The description for it is a tough police officer sets out to track down and kill an equally tough gangster. Oh, I bet you he does. Two hours and 40 minutes. Mm. It's essentially two Bruce Willis movies slapped together in Hindi. (laughs) Um, Also shout out, way down in 32, um, from, from Golden Brown and Deep Fried Movies. Uh, we've got Lumpio with a Vengeance. <laughs> Just shouting it out. Feature, featuring the artistic talents of Danny Trejo. It's true, he's in the um, movie. As as Taquito Boy. Um, it's really more of a Taquito Man. That's a great trailer. I, we may, I may end up watching this at I some found. point and, and commenting upon it. 
it is. Uh, I guess it's a sequel to a, a short film. Um, I It just looks like ridiculous uh, cheesy B-movie stuff. Yep. And... God damn it! I'm I'm that's that's my jam. That is is the jam, the poison jam. What what is? This? And that's uh that's the follow up. That is the follow up. Let's talk now with some gaming news. You snooze, you lose. It's time for gaming news. Um, well we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um. Intel Arc GPUs, the performance embargo is lifted on them, and the news is not stellar. Um, in some ways, they are competitive with, um, you know, the 3060. Um, being between a 3060 Ti and a 3070 in terms of performance, not really the case, um, even in the best case scenarios. Um, they're a little bit better than AMD uh, at that price point when it comes to ray tracing performance. But outside of that, uh, it's not really a complete product. There's driver issues. Um, older games don't run well at all on it because they they emulate DX like. 11 and 9 instructions within DX12, which uh, really hampers the performance of the card. Um, that being said, I encourage tech-savvy members of, of the world out there to strongly consider purchasing a A750 for, like, a budget system that you use. We, we, we need... I don't like to say buy a product just for the sake of supporting the company, but we seriously need Intel to make enough money doing this that they try again. Because even it'll take a while for them to get the driver stuff wor worked out. I mean, it's a first-generation product. They've never made a discrete GPU. They've never had to deal with this stuff before. There's going to be warts. There's going to be hiccups. I would assume I would assume that yeah. the performance of these is going to age very well as they optimize the drivers. So you're 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 buying low essentially on performance. Um, but if Intel is sells enough to be successful, they're going to stick around. And competition is a good thing for everyone. Um, Nvidia is pricing shit like they're fucking out the lunch with their pricing. Um, and we're going to talk about another company out to lunch with their pricing in just a few minutes here. But um, we we need Intel to bring competition at lower price points. So if you if you can afford to kind of be a beta tester for a while um, and are in the market for a mid range GPU for like a spare system or what have you, uh, please consider. An A750 or an A770. I do not own any stock in Intel. I'm not sponsored by Intel. I'm just a man who wants to see competition in the marketplace. Please <laughs> provide competition in the marketplace. Because if it's not, if you're not competing, the the market is stagnating. 
and we really don't want the tech market or the parts market to stagnate like that. No, we've been through that once before. It was not fun. A 14 nanometer plus, 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 plus. Um, Lyle, the Lyle, Lyle Crocodile movie producers okay. are working on a new movie. It's going to be a musical. Okay. And it's going to be based on the Oregon Trail. Uh, all right. Uh, okay, yeah. The team behind the upcoming musical feature, Lyle Lyle Crocodile, is already gearing up for another song-filled feature culled directly from the distant memories of your childhood, the Oregon Trail. Um, if there's not a song about dying of Sy- dysentery, dysentery, what the fuck yeah. are you even making the movie for? They, I want them to give this the Hamilton treatment. Just uh, get, in what way? Lin Manuel on this. Oh, get get Lin. I can see that. that. That'd be pretty good. Lin Manuel transmission up on this. Yeah, he, he can rhyme some crazy shit with dysentery. I want. Yeah, where's so? There's got the only thing I can think of. Like, how do you? Give me some How do you make like five? You gotta have like three to five songs in your musical, right? Um, you oh. would know more about that than I. I feel three like to you five. gotta have that. Now, I don't know how you milk three to five songs out of the Oregon Trail with great effort. Yeah, rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel. Maybe do some covers of. Some popular wagon Oregon Trail themed songs already out. Oh, there. if they do, if they do, go west by the um, as in Feifel. <laughs> oh, what's the no no no? What's the um go west song? Who 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 did that? Pet I Shop Boys. Bro- go I west hope, by uh, the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> I hope Broadway starts implementing more games into their Broadway musical selection. I think I think a nice Doom um, movie they, would be nice. I didn't realize, guns. but like, they make fucking oh no, wait oh god the algorithm knew the algorithm knew because they're showing me they heard the word Aladdin and now I'm getting I'm not signed in to my YouTube, so um, I'm getting ads and they gave me an ad for the Aladdin musical. That's that's fucked. Um. But uh, it was so fucked, I lost my place. <laughs> and I had no idea what I was going to say. Sorry, everyone who thought I was going somewhere. Um, you should know better by now, though. Unless this is your first week. I would, but I forgot. Oh, yeah, no, what I was going to say is Broadway is making adaptations of, like, t- fucking everything. Like, they made Heather's the Musical. They made, like... I mean, they obviously made uh, Spider-Man turn off the dark. Which has become something of an obsession of yours. <laughs> it's because it, it's it's so applicable to everyday life. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I believe you. Um, wow. I am watching this this Pet Shop Boys and it's it's perfect. Like for this needs to be adapted into the the. Um, into the Oregon Trail uh, musical. Yeah, I could see that. Definitely. 
I'm down for the, some uh, some upbeat Oregon. As soon as music. I saw our our main our our pet shop man <laughs> in the in the sequined sparkly top hat. Oh, he's a uh, he's a very gay man. It's That's almost patriotic. Strong, strong theater energy coming off of this. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm would not doubt for one single solitary second that uh, he did theater in his Ute in his Ute days back when he was a bloody Ute. It's a boy, um, Cyberpunk 2077 is getting a sequel. Um, okay. It's become, it's had a resurgence in popularity as the performance of the game's improved. As I said it would, because it is a quality title. Sure. Um, and I just want the record to show that, once again, I was correct. Um, well, I think also... Um Speaking of cyberpunk, um, there's also a new show on Netflix. Yes, Edge Runners. A lot of uh, positive reviews and feedback. It's and also got a lot of negative reviews and feedback. Oh. It's been pretty mixed. Um, uh, I guess I'll I guess I've, I'll have I've to put that the on the queue. Um, it, I mean, it looks good. I've seen uh, the first few episodes. Um, well, I haven't it, heard a lot of like people saying it sucks. I've heard that it's mid, and that it's good. In Roughly equal measure. Like, if in in terms of Netflix, like original animation, um, animated shows and stuff like that, um, it was made by the Trigger Trigger Studios and CD Projekt Red. Um, so that already is a plus. Trigger's very very good, um, in their animation stuff. Um, Arcane is like top tier levels of anime that Netflix has put out. This is not arcane level, but mm. it's got a cool story in a very cool universe. Um, yeah, like a lot I of the stories, I, I encourage everyone to seek out. I'm sure there's online um, resources out there, um, like some of the manuals and stories for Cyberpunk 2020, which is the tabletop game on which this is all based. Uh, Mike Pondsmith wrote some very, very good stuff. And you should all read some of his stuff because it's very good. Mm. Um, yeah, I am very excited to watch the rest of it. CD Projekt's uh, Red um, Cyberpunk Orion is the code name for the next Cyberpunk game, which will take the Cyberpunk franchise further and continue uh, harnessing the potential of this dark future universe. Um, yeah, there's a lot of untapped potential in the world, um, and we'll see how it comes out. Uh, obviously, unlikely that it will be continuing the story of the main character in the first game for uh, spoiler-related reasons, although the game has been out long enough where I think most people know what I'm talking about, but I will, I will choose to remain vague as many people likely would have waited uh, to pick it up yeah. until it ran better on most things. Yeah, I waited until it, it went on sale, and then it's also running better, so I cannot wait to crack into it and drown my life in it. Yeah, I lost a good couple of weeks to Cyberpunk. Not my, not my proudest. 
Speaking of cracking into things and losing, uh, Magic 30th edition, uh, 30th anniversary. Yeah, they, uh, I, I was feeling about it. And um, it seems like as more of the reception comes out, I was pretty on the nose about pissing off both communities of collectors and casual players with this new release. Uh, it it yeah. it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So for those of you who don't know what's going on, here's the skinny. Um, all year, this being Magic's 30th anniversary, which is a big milestone to hit. Like no other card game has had that kind of longevity and yeah. likely no other card game will. Um, so it was a big deal and they made a big deal about it all year, hyping up uh, like a, an event where they were going to announce what they were doing for the 30th anniversary of Magic. And, you know, this is something that everyone who's played Magic for for however little time you know, would would be excited about, would want to be able to to partake in, participate in whatever this celebration was going to be. Um, so the geniuses over at uh, Wizards of the Coast um, marketing and sales, right, decided the product that they want to release is a set of reprint reserve list cards, but you can't reprint alpha and beta which and all that stuff due to their self-imposed reserved list yes um There's nothing legally binding yes they totally could to do that like i i should rephrase they totally could do away with the reserve list at any point in time but for they some reason that is wouldn't. the one thing that they they have not been willing to burn in the sake of profit um but they've they've come up with another creative strategy to try to tap into that, which is reprinting cards from the reserve list and other alpha and beta jank into mm-hmm. fifteen card boosters and selling with, them with non tournament playable yes, backs. They're they're different backs, they're proxies essentially. Uh like the ones you you order from a site in Hong Kong for like twenty five cents a card. Yeah. Um but they have decided to couple these into four booster pack sets. Um, so 60 cards, 60 unplayable, non-tournament legal cards for the low, low price of $1,000 fucking dollars. And that's, and that's not to mention 60 cards minus the token. And the basic and land. And <laughs> two lands. Two, I think it's two lands per pack that you can get with that. So it's really... Um, you know, what, 48 <laughs> cards. <laughs> um, not to mention there are really bad cards that you can pick up for dollars, mm-hmm. maybe less, pennies. I don't know how much they're repeated yeah. or reprinted. Um, in that rare slot that your money cards are going to be in. Um, right. Let's, and, yeah. notor- most notorious of which is the lace cycle. I have one. I have, um, Wild Lace, the green one. Um, they are a cycle of one mana spells at rare, which change a card or change like a color word to to the color of his choice. So not, you know, an effect that was in that is now in blue, and is done with any color has free range and still only costs one mana. Um, one fifth of that capability in a cycle of rare cards. 
and main the fact that they maintain the rare means that you get one fifth of you there's a chance to get one fifth of a niche a niche ability yeah in your in your rare slot and wizards is not beyond the the realm of possibility of maybe making the black lotuses a little bit more rare yeah which and i mean maybe make it the is ancestral recalls more common it is kind of crazy cuz a collect they did something similar to this many moons ago um called the collector's edition but instead of pricing 60 cards at $1000 for like 50 bucks i think um you would get a proxy non-tournament legal gold bordered card of every card from alpha i believe mhm it was just a it was just a set it was like a box set for 50 bucks which even adjusted for inflation is like 106 dollars in today's money um which just shows you how fucking greedy watsi has become now mm-hmm. they probably this is a limited run product and it's so funny. In the article they, they released, they're like, we wanted to bring the joy of cracking a black lotus to all the players who weren't around in the 90s to, to be able to do that. You know, that, that sentence makes you feel like, oh, maybe they want this product to be accessible. Not if they're selling it at 1000 fucking dollars. They sure didn't. Nope. And if they're selling it at 1000 again, you know, you could crack your black lotus, your, your ancestor recall. You could also crack cockatrice. A two four for five with flying and kind of death touch, and and not a whole lot else. Um, wow. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fucking affront. I'm sure they didn't print enough of this to if this like doesn't sell at all to really hurt them. Um, I think if one idiot buys it, <laughs> it'll obviously pay pretty much for like <laughs> all the cards they printed. And there will be an idiot to buy it. Um, that's the sad thing about this is someone will buy it. Hopefully not enough people will buy it for um, it to be seen as a, a good idea. But this is kind of like the culmination of Wizards' recent uh, release and pricing policies. Um, and and I think we're we're reaching a tipping point where either um we're we're gonna officially enter the death spiral of this game, where it won't necessarily die, but like it'll it'll collapse, um, and a lot of the player base will leave, and it'll have to spend years rehabbing its its image and status. Um. Yeah. And and you know I do gotta say that they. Leading up to this announcement on the 30th anniversary, um, they had a good run of announcements. They they, they announced right. this one last. Um, some of the announcements that they came out with was like having pre-releases be real pre-releases where before you could play them on Arena first. Um, now pre-releases the first time you can ever get to play a set. Um, they also are coming out with um, three... Uh, promo cards that will be available for uh, Brothers War pre-release. Uh, those are very mm-hmm. sought after, and they are stamped to the date that they came out. As uh, as like most the, pre-release promos are. Well, you know, these are the year that they came out originally. So Sarah Angel has the 1993 oh, uh, promo see, stamp see, on there. Ball Lightning 94 and Finhorn. Finhorn Elfin? Finhorn Elves. Oh, is it? 
different language. I wonder if that's um. Yes, there were a set of alternate language promos. Yeah, so that's a 95 one, an alternate language, uh, which would be pretty cool. Um, Nice, we like that. Uh, They came out with a secret layer advent calendar. Pricey, but for what you get, if you want to spend the $150 on it, um, it has... I mean, um, $150 is a lot less than (laughs) $1,000. Yeah, a lot less. It's definitely more accessible. Um, It's a... Uh, chunk of change but you know it's an advent calendar it's a unique product we've never seen it's something Um, that I could see myself spending it's an amount I could see myself spending on magic cards (laughs) they also came out with um, all um, some more Brothers War announcements as well as some will like it some will hate it Transformers cards being available in collector boosters universes beyond baby they're just they're preparing everyone for the Lord of the Rings set yeah so it's um, it's a big up and down of like, yay, oh, don't like it, oh shit, and then this is just mm-hmm. the cherry on top of like, what the fuck are you doing? This is a fucking thousand dollars kicking the dick to anyone who like this is the product that broke me. Um, I I am I am testing. I've made a test order from a proxy printing site, and. I will evaluate the quality, and if it's any good, I will no longer buy Magic cards that are more than $10. Yeah, because, like, literally the only difference that these cards are from, like, a proxy site or your printer at home is that they were printed in a, a, like, authorized distributor, authorized manufacturer of Wizards of the Coast trading cards. Mm-hmm. And because they're not, they're still not tournament legal. They're gold border, like we said. It's just like now the better. cynic might might say, or I guess maybe that's the optimist might say. Well, they're not tournament legal now, but I bet you in a few years, uh, Watsy's gonna have tournament events where official Watsy proxies are legal. I saw that take in a couple places, uh, and no. uh, yeah, uh, fat chance of that. Well, yeah, and if they do announce By the way, that, I have a bridge in Brooklyn I would like to sell you. If they do announce that, we'll, we and the rest of the community will be right there to shit on that idea because that's a dumb fucking idea. Why would they make fake cards to then play in real tournaments? It's like that's you're just you're just dancing around no, the man, sets. You don't understand that's how they get around the reserve list. <laughs> It's they like you don't have to get around the reserve list. list. Just print it up. Yeah. I know these people are insane. Yeah, that's the crazy <laughs> thing. Uh, so it's it's so it's so frustrating. Um, but hey, Wizards of the Coast is not alone in the uh, targets on their back of new products being released. If you're all done with this one, uh, the other big announcement is Overwatch Two has come out, and. Um, could have been an email has never been uh, more true <laughs> for for this what is essentially a big patch um, and uh, some actual permanent changes that are um, kind of leaving a bad taste in the player base mouth. So I'll have more on this as it comes up. Um, but mm-hmm. the main main two because it just came out like two days ago. Um, the main thing everybody's talking about impossible to get into a game. There's massive queue times, server issues. People are getting kicked out of games left and right. It's infuriating for people, and it's almost making the game 
unfun to play if it's a crapshoot if you're going to get kicked out in the first, you know, 20 minutes or something like that. Right. Um, the other thing is that they have a nice... Um, this is a nice feature. It is a method to prevent cheaters and is called SMS Protect, where to in order to play the game, you need to... Uh, connect your Blizzard account, your Overwatch account, with a phone number that prevents bots, that prevents uh, spammers or scammers to just, like, level up a character or whatever. because right, spoofing phone numbers is uh, notoriously difficult. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the way they got around that is that they don't... It has to be, like, with a provider or something like that. So it's, it's a little bit harder because people with prepaid phones were not able to use it. Oh, like prepaid phones. We're not able to. So then there was this massive thing where people are like, I don't have an account because I only use my phone for Wi-Fi. Um, and then uh, I only use text on Wi-Fi. And then other people are like, I use a prepaid phone. Yeah, my cell phone is uh, my cell plan is prepaid. It's through Verizon. So I might be able to maybe. like get it. But um, yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, this is um, this was a big hindrance and it left people unable to play. And um, within a couple of days, they actually um, took out that verification method uh, because they I, they must have admitted that yeah, this was an oversight. Uh, enough people are being affected by it and not able to play to where they took it out. So that was kind of dumb. Um, also, on that note, they also uh, included a battle pass that is doing something pretty egregious to what they're main focus of overwatch one was which was like accessibility and being able to allow many uh, everybody to play every hero Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um they came out with three new heroes on launch of overwatch 2 two are free and one is locked behind the battle pass and it's a support which is pretty important for that community so if you need this character to counter somebody on the other team and you don't have the battle pass you're sol Sorry, you're poor. Just amazing. buy the battle pass. Just so, amazing. And like, imagine if you're one of those guys who doesn't play support, or like, you know, they. I don't know if Overwatch, if the players actually go in and they play like varied roles, or if they just they're like, I'm a DPS player. I'm a tank. It, it has um, a rank queue where you pick um, tank, support, or DPS uh, right. if you want to play those characters. Then it. But then you're, I know you're support characters section. get shit on a lot. Um, so imagine being one of those who doesn't play support and that's your, that's your, uh, big character yeah. or forgetting the battle pass. Yeah. yeah. And that's another thing uh, that, I mean, that's your big reward. If you don't like the character, that's what you get. Um, and it feels like you're gypped cause you're not going to utilize it where right from the get go, it was every hero's unlocked for you. You can play anybody. Um, you know, so there's a lot of changes that they're making that's not really well received from the community, and it kind of gets away from the core tenants uh, that Overwatch was. Um, and there's some messaging um, from the company that is not consistent with their takes. Like, um, so a big component of Overwatch is to be able to counterpick. If you are playing a character and you want to change to counter your team, the enemy, they allow you to do that. You lose your ultimate by an extent but uh mm-hmm. their counter to the battle pass thing was oh well we don't want to put an emphasis on having to switch out your characters um so you don't need this person that's locked behind the battle pass 
Okay. Well, then they also included a new update where you get to keep 30% of your ultimate ability when you change over to a new character, which before it was zeroed out. And that's kind of incentivizing you to say, hey, it's okay to change characters. We want you to, and we don't want to penalize you for doing that. Right. So it's the exact opposite messaging when they include those two things in the, in the game. Um, and then there's there's tons of other stuff where it's like, Bunch of a uh, bunch of hero heroes were changed, and very minor things were changed. Um, maps are slightly altered. If that, <laughs> it's it, it's like really a couple new maps were came out. They, it's now five v five, not six v six. Right, I, I remember a lot of people saying that that's going to really bust up the balance of the game. It, well, that was something is, in beta testing that they experienced, yeah. I think. I don't think it was speculation. And and my, my uh <laughs> our our friend Dave um is a avid Overwatch player. Friend is he a strong word. Said, <laughs> he definitely says uh um in this game mode in the five v five, you definitely need to be more aggressive. So you're definitely you're not just like waiting for an opportunity um to jump in. Uh, I think they they took out a lot more of the shielding in the in the game as well. It's more healing based, I think. Um, so it, there's a lot of interesting changes that they made that'll change up gameplay, which is okay. It's just time will tell to see if it really makes it a fun experience. And I don't think enough people can stay connected long enough to <laughs> to figure that out. Um, but we'll we'll definitely see. I'm gonna give it a try. Um, I have it. Um, and I have quite a bit unlocked. Um, the weird uh, kind of change that came with it was, um, not change, but when they switched over to Overwatch 2, they took all of your loot boxes that you got, and they automatically opened them. If you had pre-existing loot boxes in Overwatch 1, they said, hey, we're just going to open them for you and add them to your account. Um, a famous Twitch streamer, XQC, uh, was pretty infamous for having 1,256 loot boxes. And he's like, wait, what the fuck? I was collecting them. I was holding on to them. Oh, no. And he had a record for it, and then it's all gone. Oh, Christ. Oh, Unforced no. errors. Yeah. For so, real. very interesting. We'll see how it, how it evolves. And uh, we'll see if Blizzard still standing at. Well, I I don't oh, think they're gonna oh, go out stand. of. I don't think they'll go under, but yeah, it's... like the legs of Ozymandias, they they will stand tall. We'll see if they die, die the dead, death of a dog. If they die, they die. Um, yeah. Well, maybe they'll wake up at a coffin. Oh. <laughs> it, it's you uh, scared me. Monsters. Monsters. Um, so I, I was sitting with my girlfriend on, on our, on our couch in our home. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, we saw that the monsters was somehow top 10 on Netflix at Mostly the time. Because I'm guessing out of morbid, you know, the morbid spectacle of it. Yeah. Curiosity. The only explanation. Um, and so we're like, yeah, all right, what the fuck? So we turn it on. And I'm about halfway through the movie, and I'm like, I need to recoup my time investment here. <laughs> so I text <laughs> these guys, we're watching the monsters. I've suffered through it, and now so shall you. Yeah. Um, 
And so we watched. Yeah. Monsters. Rob Zombies, The Monsters. Um, yeah, Rob Zo- that's a That's a very important prefix there. <laughs> Rob Zombies, because this is... Uh, I've never watched a Rob Zombie movie, but... This is also my first. Just, just from context clues, I can tell that he he was all on this movie. Like, this has his, his handprints, his footprints... <laughs> His his like ass cheeks on the Xerox, <laughs> like I, the fact that it is um, incredibly stylized, which uh, I guess was an attempt at uh, you know an homage to the original '60s stylization, but even more so. Um, I think that's it, it. Occurs to me like that's what Rob Zombie liked about the monsters, not necessarily the humor. Or the characters. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to really um, say. I feel uh, with certainty, like what his inspiration here was, but it, it felt very much like I haven't seen any Rob Zombie movies in their entirety either. But I, I've seen like stills of of scenes in the movie, and he really likes his his harsh colored lighting. Um, big, big old Italian gel lights. Yeah, and um, he likes putting his wife in movies, uh, whether or not she's the best person for the role or not. Uh, not as important as her just being physically in the movie. Um, which you know, stand by your woman. I respect that. Uh, but uh, Sherry Moon Zombie, not, not very good. As Lily, um, no, she's it. It's, it is really the low point of because the guy who played the grandpa is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I liked him well yeah. enough. Um, yep. I think the guy they got one of the original Geico cavemen to play Herman. Oh, okay. And and so we're a little divided on that. I me not seeing the monsters too much, and I saw some clips before I before we got here. Um, having got that context, yes, this actor is not at all like the original um, Fred Monsters performance, but he's kind of doing his own thing, um, and he's trying to make it work. Yeah, in, I, I, I don't in a movie where a lot doesn't work. I don't hate it, uh, just because it's different. I didn't like it because I found it to be a little grating. Whereas um, I feel very comforted by Fred Quinn's Herman Munster. I know that's kind of a weird thing to say, but like that's kind mm-hmm. of the the aura that it projects. Um, or right. Fred Quinn in general projects that kind of aura. So like this this juxtaposition was kind of kind of rough. And when you add in all the other stuff around it, that isn't very good. Um, you know, my, my patience for it was a little, little less than it otherwise We're may have been. Thin. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, there's no strong through line. Like it's not hard to make a sick, like a movie based on a, a cartoon, a, you know, a cartoon or a comedy or a sitcom, right. That has some kind of, it, usually it's a pretty simple through line. Like you don't have to think hard about the plot of uh, of a movie like ba- based on 
a property like this. But he didn't even go that far. This movie more or less just has things happen. Yeah. Um, I guess there's ostensibly, like, there is a I would say plot, it's but... less a movie and more a collection of scenes put roughly into sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's Rob Zombie's cosplay party. Yeah, I I took um, I took a liking definitely to the set design. And the set design was pretty good. I'll give I'll give I'll give him that. It was there was definitely some uniqueness to it. Um, so I, I I liked a lot of those aspects of different camera angles and different funky things, and then also just the kind of vibe that like they really didn't care if things looked a little jarring and fake and and kind of goofy. And they just went with it. And a lot of those scenes kind of revolved around the Count. Um, I think his actor definitely added to the scene instead of just kind of either mm -hmm. took away from the scene or just was there. Um, Herman Munster's character was kind of just there. Um, and the jokes did seem... They were fine at first, but after a while, when that was his entire character piece, it just... that was. It got old fast, and it it was there was inconsistencies as well, because sometimes he was a bumbling idiot, and the other times he was uh, mm -hmm. somewhat competent. Um, yeah. And, and there were just like random shit thrown in there, like him getting drunk off Shirley Temple's that like didn't make sense. It didn't really, yeah, it wasn't particularly like super funny, and just like like yeah when you when you're juxtaposing the 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 monster world of Transylvania and the kind of craziness to the realistic world of like outside of Earth. Transylvania of earth. Um, it, it doesn't make sense when those things happen, like the Shirley temple getting him drunk. Now, if they tried to like poison him or something <laughs> like that, and they showed that scene, maybe that. Yeah. Would be I mean, the, the um, joke is, I guess just that he can't hold his yeah, liquor. Which is, I mean, not a super, like, brilliant joke to begin with. No. Mm -hmm. And then added on to the fact that it doesn't make sense for the alcoholist drink. Um, it's like... Right, yeah. like, that's a joke that works somewhere. It does not work here. No. Yeah, I just... And it's a lot of things. Like, I don't I don't think we're going to go blow by blow for this movie. Because here's, here's the long no. short of it. I don't recommend it. Like, yeah, unless you're even if you're super morbidly curious, like it's not the kind of bad where it sticks with you. Like before we went on air, I was Peter and I were talking about uh, Indian superhero movie and it reminded me of a scene from fucking Argo Man that I still remember right. to this day because that was a bad movie that was so bad it was like charming um, mm -hmm. The Monsters does not fall into that category. It doesn't reach yeah. the so bad it's good territory. It just kind of washes over you, and I'm struggling to remember much about it. Yeah. You know, I, I remember my thoughts on this movie. I, I'm glad I remember my thoughts on this movie, considering we're, we have to talk about it. Um, one, I did... I, I when I was looking at other media, other reviews of this, um, people brought up that Daniel Roebuck, the guy who plays um, the Count, you know, Grandpa Monster in this, um, he is a big fan of the Monsters. Like oh, that showed from this. That showed. Yeah, 
He's he he absolutely he was one of the people who was like, oh, I get to work on this adaptation of a show I like. I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put my ankles in it. Um, <laughs> put the ankles. <laughs> put the ankles in it. Um, but the other thing that really struck me is like this. This is like YouTube red tier, and not Cobra Kai YouTube red. Like I'm talking good like game. Mid- <laughs> yeah. Like I could see this being featured on on YouTube Red as like one of their middle titles because <laughs> it has yeah, that and, kind of production value. And and I would have hoped it would have stayed a little bit more true to the original Monsters and had the same vibe. Uh, even though I have no idea what the fuck that well, is. Well, I mean, I I know that this it's, wasn't. It, it's obvious. It like I mean. <laughs> You can stick to that the kind of like tone and, and tenor of the original monsters, and it would have been better for that. But it's the the monsters is like a family sitcom, you know. Like it's it's sort of like the Adams family, but instead of like them leaning into being like super creepy and that being their identity, they think they're an average family. They think they're the the average '60s family. They just happen to be all monsters. And, and like when people mm-hmm. get scared of them and stuff, like, I mean, they have like, you know, kind of the opposite things like, you know, we'll be raining out and they'll be like, oh, what a lovely day sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're generally like puzzled when people are scared of them and stuff. And they, they took like little nuggets of that, like the scene where, where Herman and Rill- Lily are in, in Paris on their honeymoon and like everyone runs away from them and it's kind of like sped up and wacky. Like that is quintessential Munsters fair. Um, mm. um, but like the personalities of the characters, like Herman's a lot like crasser. He's a lot more, yeah. In this, he's a lot more animated. Like he's like these. The Jeff Daniel Phillips is going for like goofy dad kind of instead of like a a laid back kind of easygoing. Yeah. But he's he's kind of um. What's what's the word I'm looking for? He's kind of like rude and crass in ways that I don't think is like really uh, super appropriate for the character. Um, but you know it, it's his interpretation. I just didn't care for it. I feel like you could have had more, and it's hard to say because like the, there have been other monsters movies and none of them have been good. That's why people don't remember the monsters as much as they remember the Adams family. Like the monsters was the more successful show on television, but the Adams family movies did so much better than the monsters movies. So the Adams family kind of takes up greater space in the collective conscience uh, than the monsters did. So like it, I don't know what the successful formula for a monsters movie is. No one's managed to crack it. And, you know, Rob Zombie didn't do significantly worse than a lot of the other people who have tried. And some of the other people had the advantage of having the original cast to work with. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, all things considered, like, not your worst effort, Rob. And I appreciate you for, like, trying something different from your usual fare. You didn't quite stick the landing. But, uh, you know... 
it takes guts to step outside your comfort zone. <laughs> I'm, I'm really reaching for positive things to say about right. this movie. <laughs> Bold of you to put, you know, you know, show Herman Munster as like a punk rock star. Um, that, despite yeah. being a comedian, yeah. like literally the scene before. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I was like, we gotta, what? I feel like we, we do deserve to talk about some, some egregious moments. Yeah, uh, if we that, can, I mean, of, that, of what we can remember. Um, there's... Well, well, the the whole thing about Herman's uh, character coming to life uh, is that like he embodies all of the different aspects that he was put together with. The brain being what was supposed to be the physicist mm-hmm. um, was now the comedian. Literally, so that's the why plot he's a comedian. of uh, well, I guess that was but the plot of Frankenstein, but young Frankenstein. But he, yeah, but he couldn't play the piano, um, even though he had the arms of the pianist. Um, but he could play the guitar. That's where, yeah. like, I think that would be better off if he was playing like a guitar. <laughs> now that would be something special. That would have been clever. That would that, be a one percent improvement. Yeah, yeah. That would be definitely different because then he's like putting his own twist on what he was given. He's like, I'm good at the piano. I'll play the guitar and I'll tell my jokes in a song format, which is like, maybe they could have thrown in something about. Uh, you know, he had, I don't know, the spine of a singer. <laughs> Some bullshit. Yeah, what? That um, would be a funny joke if, like, all the, he took the wrong parts from from the things. Which, like, like it took... would have made sense, right? Because they gave him the arms of the penis, and he's out there playing guitar. They could have had it be like, "Oh, did you mess that up too?" Like, just a little line of dialogue yeah. would have, you know, kind of like, clicked some things into place for. For the viewing, he's got the ears of a marathon runner, <laughs> the legs yeah. of a flautist. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that would and the been brain of a boxer. <laughs> but that was kind of like such skipped over. We saw him grab the pianist hands, and we saw him grab the wrong brain. And it's like, oh, okay. This was well, funnier in Young Frankenstein. That was a cool idea on paper, but I think you like went to lunch and forgot to finish it. <laughs> Um, and I think there are some, some scenes missing because we just fast forward to Herman Munster being being created, mm-hmm. uh, which is okay. But like, you also could have had a montage of of doing that instead of like uh, instead mm-hmm. of like like lamenting on Jorge Garcia and how of a moron he is, and and uh, there was yeah. just a lot of like f- random filler in here that like probably mm-hmm. didn't need to. Happen. I mean, I feel like they they had to they keep can't... it in there to pad the runtime to make it, you know, I would say to make it theatrical yeah. releasable, but they didn't release it on theaters. It went straight I to mean, video. I mean, the fact that they but... have cuts that are like a, a one second long cut to nothing, like there is a bunch of those where they cut back to one character kind of like standing in like like a T pose, <laughs> and then they cut back to the action. Like, oh, okay, you did not need to make that uh, camera Controversial move. point, though, I bet that made it feel like the Munsters sitcom a lot more. Because that that's like the establishing shot that, like, like hones in on the family, where the, what they're doing, and then they start talking or whatever. You know, fade to black, then it fades into color, and then they start, like, talking and moving and... And doing stuff. Well, so it's it not quite what I'm this. talking about. It would be in, the thing oh, was, it's in the middle of the scene. Like there are points where they would be talking and there would be action. They would cut to a different angle and not hold it for a beat. Oh, like, gotcha. You 
like you remember some of those where they just yeah. like cut for, for just un as you know, Kurt, like unmotivated. Yeah. It does not follow the rule that we espouse so often on this. Every, every cut, cut needs a reason. Needs a reason for happening. Um, and it can't be And then be you have board. things like when they're in the pair of sewers, which aren't the catacombs, like they should have been in the catacombs. That would that'd be easier, but they find the sewer monster and Herman goes in to wrestle it. But instead of us watching him wrestle it, it's showing uh it's showing Lily for a good minute just just like reacting and looking and just oh just expressing because that, they because that would have had to involve one using having a a puppet to wrestle and not just carry out yeah um and two getting the costume into the water which if this was as low budget as i imagine they probably didn't want to have to yeah. deal with that shit so as soon as he takes like a step into the water, it cuts away for the entirety of the action, and then it cuts back as soon as he walks out, which is, which is uh, not great, because it's a it's a good thirty seconds to a minute of us having to look at Sherry Moon Zombie try and emote. <laughs> yeah, um, you know. Also, shout out to uh, the scene where uh, the Count is contemplating the revelation that. Uh, his daughter is in love with with this monster, and he is um, walking up the stairs. And it's not just a Dutch angle; the camera is just sideways. Yeah, the camera is just sideways. <laughs> Although there were some random Dutch angles <laughs> as well. Yes, um, just uh, for no reason. Um, also, shout out to how they got the like the months the origin of the Munster name of Herman Munster, <laughs> um, possibly the worst origin like you know lore origin of anything I've seen in a in a long while. Where uh, what is what is his name? Floop. His character's name was Floop. I'm looking <laughs> Jorge yeah, Floop. Garcia's. Yeah, Floop. Yeah. Um, he's just like, what about Herman Munster? That should be his name. Yeah, Jorge Garcia. And, and the other guy's like, why? He's like, I don't know. Should be Herman Munster. Yeah, what a fine it's name like it is. It's like cheese. And like, Herman. <laughs> like, that's it was worse than not having an origin for it at all. Yeah, it was It was pretty pretty poor. Um, which I, I feel just describes this movie in general. Um, pretty Pretty poor. A net negative. Yeah, um, um, I don't have a whole lot more to say about it. I I don't remember much about it to be quite frank, other than it wasn't very good. There was a lot of weird camera angles, um, a lot mm -hmm. of harsh lighting, and um, it, it's a completely skippable movie. The first trailer uh, was really bad. Uh, but I don't think there's really a uh, good trailer you could have cut from this. So, right. Um, I will make one. The last mention I'll make is that in reading other people's reviews, it seems like everyone liked a different character. Like everyone had a different take on which part they liked out of. You know, it was like which part was the best out of the the um, the cesspool of this. Like obviously, I I enjoyed Def Jeff Daniel Phillips's performance. You enjoyed. Um, Mr. Uh, Victor Roebuck or whatever is uh, yeah, I think that's uh, where it. Where are you? Yeah, um, 
Daniel Roebuck. No, right? Daniel. I've heard, I saw, I read reviews where people like, I like the Doctor character. And people like, I liked the Count Orlock character. I'm like, I hated those guys. <laughs> those were awful one-off, like, bad jokes that they just kept repeating. And had... Lester was my favorite. What are you talking about? <laughs> the, uh, yeah. No, my, my, I guess my summary of this is, you know, of the jokes and the comedy in this is like, what's the most important about comedy? Timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, that's 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 as succinctly as I can put it. Yeah, as to why, as to like, kind of the feeling of why this didn't work. Um, it's a shame. Yeah, I hope I hope this doesn't discourage someone from picking. Now Rob Zombie, he has the license, and he's gonna fucking hold it until it they pry it from his cold, his cold dead hands. Ironically, um. But, you know, whenever that happens, uh, I hope this doesn't discourage the next rights holder from trying again. Yeah, I think. With something a little more uh, well thought out. Yep. And uh, I think that that puts a pretty good bow on it. Thanks for for listening to episode 335 of the Sounds Sense Podcast. Wow, almost 350 episodes. Time sure does fly. Seems like... Mm -hmm. Just a few short months ago, Jake was making his debut on this program. Oh, yes. And, and now he's going to uh, be leaving of that, yeah. yeah, I forgot to mention this earlier. <laughs> I will be leaving it. I'll be handing over the reins of the ship uh, to Kurt and Peter for the next three weeks. Are <laughs> um, implying that we didn't I, have the reins uh, to begin he's with? Up his, trust, he's stepping down as I, leader. <laughs> I trust them wholeheartedly. I'm sure they'll put together a good show for you guys. Um, like the, you know, like the, the 40, or, 40 or so we did. <laughs> yeah, Kurt, I, we're going back to the 10-minute format. <laughs> I don't think we're ever that short. I think I think you'll have some good content. They got some good stuff down on the pipeline. Yeah, um, I'm going to be uh, going away for uh, a couple weeks. I have to go get married and go on a honeymoon. So knocking that all out at once. Doing a He's speed shit. running. Uh his life speed running life have you guys ever that seen that mega 64 year. video about the life speed runners it's hilarious one of them just like starts fucking chain smoking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get that 29 year cracked like, speed like run stealing a baby full completion round <laughs> yeah. yeah we're gonna have to steal a baby in italy italian baby <laughs> It's okay if you. There, there's a joke I could have made there that would have upset many groups of people. Um, so I'll <laughs> I'll not do it. Um, and we'll we'll sign off. Uh, come back next week. Don't know what we'll do, but it'll be Peter and I. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Time to go off the rails. Which means I need to fucking make a layout that's just for the two of us. <laughs> just. The- Two of us making podcasts. I feel like that's more of a risk when you're on the show, Jake. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. (laughs) Until next time, people stay safe and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye bye.